You are listening to Passion Pod number 24 with me, Ruth Barnes, The Other Woman. The Other Woman is a radio show on Amazing Radio, which is an all-female new music playlist. So female-fronted bands and female singer-songwriters. And the reason for that is it's two fingers up to mainstream radio and commercial radio, which is pleased as punch when they play a Florence and the Machine track once every three hours. And it's to promote variety in music with women, you know, at the helm and giving them more of a voice than just Amy Winehouse ever did. That's kind of the idea behind the radio show. And then there is a blog and there is a podcast which do similar things. So have you always been interested in showcasing like female artists then? No, I needed a hook to get a radio show. So as someone in my mid-twenties, I was looking to start a show on community radio and I was working for the BBC at the time in production and had sort of learned a really harsh lesson that no one at the BBC was going to go, you there, answering the phone and making tea. You're just what we're looking for. Have a radio show. (laughs) Yes. That just wasn't going to happen. And I genuinely thought that was going to happen. And I I think that was quite a harsh realisation that um, no one was interested in me apart from me being there in a production role. So I thought to myself, right, well, I need to build something of my own outside of what I do here at the BBC because they are interested in you being someone. What are you bringing to the table? Where's your community? Why are we going to give you a show? Who's going to come with you? Where are your, you know, thousands of listeners who are going to follow you to our station? So I approached a London station called Resonance FM, which is a fantastic arts-based community station, all run on, on volunteer radio shows. They've got great studios. And I was lucky enough to get a show because I thought, what is a really right-on kind of tick-all-the-boxes arts councilly type funding sort of show that you would pitch and I thought oh man I'll just go down the feminist route and I'll pick just doing an all-woman playlist you know only female singer-songwriters and at the time I wasn't even that political about it I just thought it was a nice hook and I, I kind of got a bit embarrassed if people would say to me oh so you are you like are you a feminist then are you waving banners around is this something that you really feel politically strong about I'd kind of go yeah, I mean, you know, it's just about the music, man. Um, but then over the years, I started to see just how important what I was doing was and that actually I've become a complete political feminist maniac nut off the back of having done this because I've just seen how much the artists appreciate it, you know, the crucial support I give people at an early stage that really isn't out there. I mean, I get, you know, the same could be said for guys in certain kinds of bands but it is easier and I'll shout anyone down who says it isn't it's easier in terms of the community of bands helping each other out it's easier in terms of the freedom that young guys have to go out on tour and just do stuff together and sleep in ditches it doesn't matter it is easier so I have become far more politicized and when I look at mainstream radio playlists I always look at them in horror because most of the time a lot of the female artists are token or just shit pop and there's not enough variation. It's like hugely shaped the way you're thinking about stuff though. From a radio point of view, that's a really interesting transition, isn't it? You know, quite a calculated way to start with actually cemented hugely what you are as a person and as a radio personality I guess absolutely in in a nutshell yeah because it it, I never thought I would end up going that way I just wanted to play music on the radio I didn't care I was happy to play the Eagles like I didn't give a shit still are a bit still are a bit (laughs) love lion eyes it's a classic but you know it it was a bit of that and then the the feminist thing then came in the new music thing then came in as, as well as because the music industry has changed so much and now 
there are so many outlets for new bands and then there are so many new bands there's so much new music out there and it's rarely reflected in its scope and breadth on tv especially and on radio so it's become a really exciting world to operate in and i just know what i like and i guess my audience like what i like because they listen and they appreciate it you know it's a niche it's the same with any niche i guess it's just tapping into something would that be advice that you give to someone who's thinking about following a similar path to that absolutely what's your speciality the truth is these days there are so many worlds and and micro worlds out there you just have to look on Mixcloud and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people doing radio shows. So why am I listening to yours? What's your hook? What's your edge? To then build you to then become a trustworthy person that people go to for new music. Why you? What you know? Prove yourself to your audience, I think, and get your speciality going, whether that's like post dubstep funk whatever it doesn't matter there is a community out there who will consume it so i think the idea is if you're an aspiring radio presenter is don't aspire to be zane low because i actually don't believe presenters like that are going to come through that way anymore it's not going to be about taking someone off mtv like they did with him it's a whole different world nowadays so you know you have to have your little your little group you're following who are you bringing to the the network basically it's exciting as well because it actually means that more of the creative control is then within your oh yeah your grasp it is and stick by your guns as well i mean i've had some run-ins with commercial radio where they wanted to just make me a gob on a stick essentially just playing their playlist which i'd over and over again emphasized that i wasn't happy with for you know the fact that i wanted to play more women artists who weren't just flowering in the machine but also because i just thought they were too much in the pockets of the labels as well you know Kasabian don't need to be played three times an hour anymore they really don't let's give someone else a try on supposed new music alternative music stations um, and stick to your guns because then you know some people advised me not to give that up and I did you know I, I turned my back on something that people were like what do you mean that's such a great opportunity you know how can you say no to XFM and I was like well I can because it goes against everything I've worked to establish so take us back on the timeline so you do the show on resonance at FM doing the other woman then where does it go from there? That becomes more and more popular. You, your blog following builds, I imagine, through that show. Yes. So I also started doing live music nights and I also started doing a podcast, a cultural-based podcast about just women doing cool shit, basically, was our sort of tagline. Okay. Teamed up with a journalist and a musician and we did this thing together. So the idea was to make the other women as multi-platform as possible. So radio, podcast, online, Twitter, Facebook, it's all about that, of course. So that was a big aim for me. And all the while, I was still working in production at the BBC and as a reporter. So I reported for the BBC for years as an arts journalist and a music journalist, which was great and gave me great experience in terms of interviewing and and learning my trade, really, um, watching paying, other presenters. Paying your bills as well. Paying my bills as well, of course. And the other woman just ran alongside it, really, parallel. And then the XFM thing came about through just bits and bobs and demos. And, and I'd done some depping on Six Music. But, you know, the truth is you could spend your life being a debt presenter on Six Music. And that's that's the trap you can fall into because, you know, you, you do these two shows a year that they let you cover. And that's great. 
great. Oh my God, amazing. I can tweet that I, you know, I've done these shows and isn't that great and impressive, but they're never going to take you on, I think, full time um, or any serious capacity unless you are someone. That's the reality of the world we live in today. Are you on TV? Have you got a following? How many Twitter followers do you have? So it's about realistically taking a step back and going, okay, well, I'm going to stop banging on your door. I'm going to stop going, me, 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 give me a chance and just walk away and do my thing. And then maybe one day we'll work work together again. And that's it. Because it's that thing, isn't it? It's just having that real conviction in what you're doing. Isn't there so many of the people I've chatted to on this? It's like that's at the centre of it. And it's so easy to get distracted about what your focus is, especially perhaps more in a media sense. I mean, what your actual core of why you're doing this is because you love what you do. Absolutely. And the distraction thing is key because you listen to other people. Everyone's got an opinion on what you should be doing. So with the XFM opportunity, it was just do it for a year. And I thought, well, I'm going to end up stabbing my eyes out if I do this for a year. You know, and it wasn't the people. It was a great place to work. It's the perfect place for some people to go and work, of course. But it was just wasn't for me. And they were trying to put a square peg in a round hole in a big way. And it wasn't going to happen. And, um, Walking away was, I think, in some ways quite brave, but I also just knew it was the right thing to do. And then contacting Amazing Radio and saying, look, I've just had this weird experience. I just want to do the other woman on the radio and get paid for it. Do you fancy it? And they were like, yes, we do. Have Sunday evenings. Do what you like. I mean, talk about meant to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then through that, that's now developed into them giving me the breakfast show, which has been a huge honour and a chance then to do something a bit more mainstream. So it's just been lovely to work with then like-minded people and people who want to develop me. So in a way, I'm theirs because I was no one. You know, I still am no one, but I'm theirs now. So it's so nice for them to be able to say, we found Ruth Barnes. We've given her the show. She's ours, you know, and I like that. It's based on merit, though, that. It's based on really what we're saying all the way through is you coming because of being you rather than, yes, bow down and worship at the altar of said big organisation, you know, it's back to that whole thing of actually the essence of what you're doing making you happy again. Absolutely. That is it. Again, that's that's really it. Because also then it comes through. I When I used to hear myself back doing the shows on XFM, I thought, oh my God, I'm turning into that kind of presenter I never wanted to be. That's awful. And I listen back to myself on Amazing Radio. Of course I cringe. You always cringe when you listen to yourself. But I think that's me. That's my persona. I feel like that's a fair representation of who I am. And they're obviously happy with it. I'm happy with it. It's early days, but we'll see where it goes. But again, it's again, I'm already thinking of what's next. Never sit back and rest on your laurels. You know, yes, I'm on a breakfast show, but it's it's, it's an internet station that encourages new bands and it's a fantastic place to work. But of course I'm thinking about what's next. You talk a lot about like-minded people. Definitely. It's all about your network and it's all about your community. So if the other woman had never taken off, let's just say it stayed on resonance, it stayed on a community station, I never got paid for it, it would still be an absolute labour of love that I would happily do because of all the wonderful people I've met. So I'm part of such an amazing network of organisations, feminist organisations, new music organisations. Honestly, I go onto Facebook and I'm just connected to the most interesting people out there who are all doing their own thing. They're running a blog, they're running new music nights, they're doing whatever it is. And I'm learning so much from them at the same time. And quite quite honestly, I would have been happy just to carry on. And I think that's the key is find that thing that you do that you'd be happy to do for nothing forever. Because then that's the thing that will truly, truly make you happy, regardless of whether it's then something you get paid for. That's just an added bonus. What would you say your challenges have been 
okay when you're when you love something like you're talking about it is much easier but what have your challenges been again for someone who's thinking of setting up something similar the challenges over the years have been about being taken seriously i think Uh, especially when you're doing something that has a slightly political leaning so why do you only play bands with with women on vocals whatever and you have to be able to just explain and put it out to people why you do and defend yourself you know the classic line is if I was doing a radio show with just men everyone would call me sexist and my response to that is well that that is radio shows across the country now you know that that, that's already happening um we used to get that criticism when we do just nights with only female bands and people go if I did this with guys and you'd be like that's the Reading and Leeds lineup you know so it's about really believing in your beliefs and why you're doing what you're doing and being sure and just having your little one-liners tucked up your sleeve to sell what you're doing to people because if, if it's something that you really believe in and you've got an angle on you've got to defend it And also it's good to do something slightly controversial. Why not have people telling you they don't believe it and they think it's shit and why are you doing it? It just gets people talking. And also it reaffirms to you exactly why you are. Cements that idea in your head. Absolutely, absolutely cements that idea in my head. But in terms of actual technical challenges, there aren't any. And I think if anyone comes to you and says, I can't, then they're just a loser. (laughs) You're doing it with passion pods and I think that there are so many people out there who, with a little bit of nous and a bit of savvy and maybe some money, a little tiny bit of money, you can get yourself set up and you can do whatever the hell you like. That's the beauty of the internet and the age we live in. So you kind of don't have any excuse, really. It's like, go out and do it right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my last question normally tends to be what advice you would have given yourself at the start of all of this. Perhaps it's that, perhaps it's something Ooh. different. God, that's a good question. Okay. I should have hit the ground running with my convictions because I started the show a bit sort of like, oh, okay, I'll just do women. Uh, Cool. I never used to sell it. I'd be working at Six Music and they'd go, do you do a radio show? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do a little little show on Resonance. You know, it's nothing. It's called The Other Woman. It's uh, (laughs) literally (laughs) mumbling into my sandwich and then I'd walk away and that would be it. And I wish, I wish from the beginning I'd said, yeah, I do this really great show. I'm so proud of it. I'll send you a link. I just wish I'd believed in it a bit more right from the start. But do you think that comes with time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I sort of plucked this idea out of the air. It came with time and just people believing in it and then getting more support. And, you know, being given the first interview with Speech to Bell when she won her Mercury Prize in front of Five Live, in front of the BBC, in front of everyone. You know, her manager pulled me to the front of the queue at the Grosvenor House Hotel and gave me the interview because we had done a really early session on my residence show. That was an awesome moment. And it was things like that where I just thought, yeah, okay, this is awesome. This is why I do what I do. You've been listening to Passion Pods number 24 with me, Ruth Barnes, the other woman. 